Let's pray. Father, thank you so much uh, for this time that we get to be together here uh, in your house or online. Father, as, as we meet together as your church, uh, Lord, I just thank you that we do have this chance uh, to meet with you to meet with each other. And uh, Father, I pray, uh, Lord, for uh, the gifts that are, that are going to be given as we get the opportunity to continue to worship you through our giving. Father, I pray that you would bless every penny, that you would use it to, uh, to further your kingdom. Lord, I pray that as we heard in the announcements for uh, the, the ministry volunteers and all of that, as we do get into your word, uh, Lord, I pray that we would uh, be, be challenged. And Lord, if, if, it, uh, if it be your will, uh, that some of us maybe take that challenge to, to jump onto the dream team and help in the, in the various areas that, that were needed. Uh, God, I pray now that as we do dive into your word, I pray that you would open our eyes, open our hearts to what you have for us. Help us to, uh, to, to look to you. And God, I know that you've got something uh, specific for each one of us this morning. And so we ask that. Lord, challenge us, change us in Jesus' name. Amen. It's great to see everybody. Welcome. Uh, I'm Jay. I'm the lead pastor. If you're new here, so glad to have you. And, uh, and it's just great to be able to, to be here and to be together. Um, appreciate Mikey preaching last week. He did an awesome job. And uh, so thankful that we've got just such an amazing staff um, that, uh, that just loves, uh, loves our church and loves Jesus. And, um, and he really did set up some, some great things for us as he talked about what our life is and serving and, and, and all of those things. And we're going to kind of build a little bit on, on what he talked about, um, but also we're going to get very specific. And so I want to start here with a word that I know that we've all heard of, and it's a word that's become very popular uh, in, being, in the way it's being used uh, today, and it's the word toxic. It's the word toxic. And so when you see that word, I wonder what comes to mind to you. Does it, uh, does it maybe make you think of like poison? Does it make you think of like a chemical mixture? Does it make you think of the, like, uh, the sticker that, that, you know, that you see when, when something's toxic? Does it make you think of a terrible Britney Spears song? Um, if so, just get it out of your system. Just sing it through your head for a second. Okay, and now we're done, all right? Okay, yeah. But, <laughs> okay, are we done? Yeah. But the word toxic has also become incredibly popular when it comes to the way in which we treat people and somebody who, uh, the, the way that we communicate to others is a way that brings people down, makes people feel bad with uh, regards to actions or words. And, uh, and let me just challenge you right now that uh, if you're thinking of someone, you're thinking of a particular person or some people, can I just kindly encourage you to not? Um, for the next, uh, you know, 20 minutes or so. And, and if you think that this is, you know, maybe aimed at a specific person or a specific way, I kind of want to just disclaimer something for right now. Because when you're talking about something like this, it can maybe come off as though, you know, it's, it's, it's aimed at a particular place. Let me tell you that it's not. I plan my messages pretty far out. And this is something that God's put on my heart that I just, he, he wouldn't let me let it go. And so I'm, I'm not that kind of preacher or person where I would, you know, specifically aim a message at a particular person or, or anything like that. And I, and I will say this, I've never preached a message that I didn't need to hear myself. So I'm very much uh, preaching to myself as much as to the church as a whole, because I really think this is something that we not only need challenged on, but encouraged in to continue to move forward um, for who God's called us to be, not only as Connect Church, but as the church, the church of Jesus Christ. And so, the idea of toxicity, 
or something being toxic. Here's a definition for you. It's the degree to which a chemical substance or particular mixture of substances can damage an organism. Toxicity can refer to the effect on a whole organism as well as the substructure of the organism. So think about that definition in terms of the church. Think about that definition in terms of your family. Think about that in terms of your friends, your friend group, the people you're, you're around. Think about that in terms of the, um, the person you've run into at the grocery store or whatever. Um, you know, I remember when I was uh, working at the ad agency, I worked at an ad agency for a few years, and, and it's funny because um, when, when you're working for an agency, uh, your job is to communicate. Um, and, and you do, you know, I was doing that visually. I was a graphic designer, and uh, I still am a graphic designer, but um, when I was at the agency, we had this saying um, within us in the, in the art department, and, and it was so true, and I'm sure uh, a lot of you have had the same kind of saying depending on what your line of work might be, um, and it went something like this. Boy, this would be the greatest job in the world if it wasn't for the client. And, and here's what I mean by that. When you're in art school, you, you sort of have to develop a thick skin and, because everything that you do is critiqued, you know, and every bit of creative juices that you, that you put out is told whether it's good or bad or whatever. Um, and then when you, when you get to in the real world and you're actually designing things for people and, and for clients and stuff, you know, you, you start, and especially early on, you know, when, when I, right when I got out of school, I was like, you know, I was the best designer I knew and I had all these, you know, creative ideas and, all, and that gets wiped out real quick, you know. Know, when you realize exactly who you're working for and why you're working for them um, and, and the different things that the customer wants. You know, you, you do these great designs or at least you think they are and, uh, and I'm telling you right now, just a slight sidebar for a second, quick rule of thumb, if you're designing something for somebody, don't show them something that you wouldn't be happy with them choosing because, and I've tested this, if you show them something ugly, they will pick that every time. Every time, they will pick it, all right? So if you're not happy with them picking one of the concepts and designs that you lay out for them, don't show it to them. Because, uh, yeah, they'll pick it every time. But, but the thing is, what, what we meant by that was that, boy, you, you pour this time and energy and how you're communicating, and then you show it to them, and they're like, nah, I don't like any of these. These are terrible or whatever. And you're like, ugh, this would be the greatest job in the world if it wasn't for the client or the customer. And, and that's kind of how it felt. Uh, and, and I'm sure some of you feel that as well, depending on what your line of work is. But, you know, relating to people and the way in which we relate to others, it's a big deal. And it matters. It really matters because communication is the way in which we as humans, it's, it's how we thrive. It's how we grow. Um, it's how we, we make progress um, in, in our world and, and in relationships. And as the church, the culture of how we treat others and each other should be different. It should be different than the way in which the world treats people and treats others. It should be the opposite of toxic. Sometimes we're good at that and sometimes we're not because we're sinful people. And it really comes down to culture. And so let me start with this, with this statement. A toxic culture, a toxic culture is created with toxic communication. A toxic culture is created with toxic communication. And what I mean by that is the way in which we communicate to other people is going to determine whether the culture in which we are uh, living in or a part of is going to be helpful and help people grow or if it's going to be demeaning and destructive and destroy the entire organism. Because it all ends up coming back to how we relate to other people. Because the way we relate to others matters. 
It is a key component to how we live out our faith, how we serve, and how we worship. If you want to follow along with the notes, you can uh, jump into the Bible app, uh, which is a free download, and you can search under events for Connect Church in Akron, Ohio, and you can follow along with me here um, as we start to go through uh, and, and really break apart what this really means and what this looks like for us, because this is an important thing. And just like it is with Jesus, a, a, a believer's relationship with others, whether it's family, friends, coworkers, those that we, uh, that we know, uh, those that maybe we don't know and we just run into, it should be defined by love and mercy and grace and patience. But if we're going to engage with people in a meaningful way, in a way that, that, that really matters, then what is that? What is that way that we should communicate with people? We, we need the Holy Spirit. We need to put aside our, ourselves, and we need to look to the example of Jesus. He was the greatest communicator ever, and that's what James did. We're going to be looking in the book of James for the next uh, three weeks. And as we look through James, you're going you're gonna to see the different ways in which this is kind of deconstructed and pulled apart. God created us as relational beings. We are all relational beings, but often we are terrible at it. We are terrible at, at relating to others. We don't work on it. And unfortunately, in this day and age especially, we don't care to work on it. Uh, we, we are fine with the way that we are because uh, that's how I am. And if you don't agree with that, then you're canceled. And that's just sort of where we are right now, isn't it? And the way that things have been the last, I don't know, call it 12 to 18 months, this idea of toxic communication, I think is something that we can all relate with, whether we want to or not, we've seen it. Regardless of what side of the aisle you're falling on or not, we've seen it. And we've experienced it and we've been a part of it. And if anything, it's gotten worse and it's gotten more divisive in terms of the way that we deal with things. And we as the church, we should be, we should be better than that. God wants more for us than just settling for where we come up short and being okay with that. And if the Bible is our handbook for life, and it is, then that includes how we deal with others and how we relate to other people and how we interact with other people. And so if you have your Bibles, turn with me to James chapter 1, and we're going to start in the very first uh, chapter of James, and, it, and it's, a, it's an incredible book. If you've not read through it, James is an awesome book. It's only five chapters long, and in many ways, it's known as the Proverbs of the New Testament, because in all honesty, you can go through James in like one, one verse at a time and pick apart an, an, entire, uh, an entire message or concept one verse at a time. But I want to look specifically at this idea of toxic uh, communication, and because how we communicate with others matters. So we're going to start in James, uh, beginning in verse 19, is what we're going to look at. So here we are, verse 19 through 21 says, understand this, my dear brothers and sisters, you must all be quick to listen, slow to speak, and slow to get angry. Human anger does not produce the righteousness God desires. So get rid of all the filth and evil in your lives, and humbly accept the word God has planted in your hearts, for it has the power to save your souls. So we see the entire message about toxic communication wrapped up in one verse. Uh, well, really a couple, but you know, it says get rid of filth and evil, and, and there's a great plan to do that wrapped up right here with three things. You wanna make sure that your conversations, your relationships, your friendships are not toxic? Start here, quick to listen, slow to speak, equals slow to become angry. 
It's almost a formula there. Quick to listen, slow to speak, slow to become angry. What do these things have in common? Well, they are others-centered. They're others-centered. Because many times, we do the opposite of that. Because being others-centered, that's the opposite of toxic. It really is, it's the opposite of toxic. Because a lot of times, you know, if we say, quick to listen, slow to speak, a lot of times, I am slow to listen, quick to shoot my mouth off because I'm already angry, <laughs> right? How, how many of us can relate with that? You know, you don't need, yeah. But being quick to listen, that's others-centered. Think about it. That's others-centered. Slow to speak, that's centered on other people. Slow to get angry, that's others-centered as well. Because our anger, when it comes from a lack of listening, comes from not listening, it comes from shooting our mouth off quickly, and almost always defends and promotes our own agenda, which is why we end up getting angry. And so we need to have a mirror mentality. We need to have a mirror mentality when it comes to God's word. And here's what I mean by that. James actually talks about this. And, and Mikey referred to this last week as well. Here's what it says in James 1, through 24. It says, but don't just listen to God's word. You must do what it says. We could stop right there, <laughs> quite frankly. There, there's, a, you know, those 13 words, there's an, that's an entire message in itself. Don't just listen to God's word. You must do what it says. Otherwise, you're only fooling yourselves. For if you listen to the word and don't obey it, it is like glancing at your face in a mirror. You see yourself. You walk away and forget what you look like. So he's referring to the Bible, using the Bible as a mirror and showing you how you really are because the Bible will, will show us how we really are, whether we want to see it there or not. But it also offers us an option to change or to stay the same because we have free will. And so moving forward in our faith and away from toxicity which is a lot of the problem in our world today. We don't know how to communicate. We don't know how to communicate, and when we do, it's toxic. And so we should be making progress here. This is something we should, especially as the church, we should be making progress here, and that happens when we grow in our walk with the Lord. We should be making progress. But it's progress, not perfection. And let me, let me kind of bring that around here, because... Raise your hand if you're perfect. Thank you. And if you get this right all the time with the things that you say, right. So we need to look at progress. But too many times we, we put this, this level on ourself of that, that we've got to reach this level of perfection or something. Guess what? You're never going to. But we should be making progress. We should be making progress here. So let's set realistic goals for ourselves. Progress, not perfection. It's a great way to look at the book of James. Because that's much of what the book of James talks about, about working out of our faith. Not that the things that we do, the things that we do prove our faith, but they don't give us our faith. They don't make us more saved or less saved, but they do prove whether we are or aren't. And we can progress away from a toxic culture that this, of this world with the example of Jesus who was perfect. He did get this right every single time. He got it right. And we will never be perfect but if we look in the mirror of God's word, we can definitely make progress, and we should be making progress. And James, he's giving us a vision here of the purpose-filled relational culture of love and mercy and patience and grace that should be someone who is a follower of Jesus. 
And so flip with me two chapters over to chapter three. We're, we're going to look at James chapter three, and we're going to hone in on a specific area of, uh, of being toxic, if you will, today. It says this, we all stumble in many ways. Amen to that. <laughs> Anyone who is never at fault in what they say is perfect, able to keep their whole body in check. Okay, think about this for a second. Anyone who's able to keep what they say perfect and never at fault can keep their whole body in check. That's the power of your mouth. I mean, honestly, think about that. If you could get this right every single time, everything else falls into place. But you know what? You can't. <laughs> we can't. We stink at it. And Jesus knew that we were going to stink at it. God knew that we were going to stink at it because we're sinful people. And that's why we get an entire chapter and really almost an entire book about what we should do about this. It's that important. And it's not just in the book of James. It's in various places throughout scripture. But we know that we all stumble. I don't think anybody's going to argue that one. We all stumble. But we should be pressing forward in our walk. We should be stumbling less. So let me ask you, are you stumbling less? Maybe, and, and let's just look at, at our mouth for right now and the words that we say and the way in which we say them. Analyze yourself here for just a second. Are you stumbling less today than you were six months ago? Than you were a year ago when it comes to this? You're never gonna get it completely right because if you could, you'd be perfect and that's Jesus. Progress, not perfection. Less stumbling to be making progress every day. And you're never gonna accomplish this. Not completely. But we should be getting better in our communication and how we communicate with other people. And James talks about this throughout the rest of this chapter. And he continues because he knew the importance of it. James, he's the brother of Jesus. Maybe you didn't know that, but he, he's the brother of Jesus. He was actually, um, you know, didn't believe in who Jesus was until way later, until after the resurrection, I believe. And so he was fully aware, as, as the brother of Jesus, the right way to communicate and the wrong way to communicate because he saw it. He knew what worked. He saw what didn't work. And so James really addresses the most dangerous weapon that we have, and that would be our mouth. It's the most dangerous weapon that we have. And he pulls no punches here. Look down to verse six. The tongue also is a fire, a world of evil among the parts of the body. It corrupts the whole body, sets the whole course of one's life on fire, and is itself set on fire by hell. Wow. Now, if you have a sibling, you know this is true. You know this is true, right? A lot of fires have been started. More fires have been started by our mouth, in our relationships, by us or to us, than anything else you will ever be able to think of. The damage that can be done is far greater and way deeper than you will ever know. The words that we can say, the damage that we can do with, with our mouth is beyond what, what you ever really know. For us to make progress and to not be toxic 
in our communication, we need to acknowledge that and we need to just be aware of that. Because I mean, at least acknowledging it at least keeps it on your radar. And it's funny because when you go back to James chapter one, it's exactly what he was doing when he said quick to listen, slow to speak. If, I mean, if you can get those two things down, your, your life and your relationships with people will be infinitely better. If you can at least just get those two things down. I know for me, I struggle with both of those. And this is why. This is why. Look at verse eight. But no human being can tame the tongue. Nobody. No human being can tame the tongue. It is a restless evil, full of deadly poison. With the tongue, we praise our Lord and Father. With it, we curse human beings who have been made in God's likeness. Out of the same mouth come praise and cursing. My brothers and sisters, this should not be. Only God himself can control your mouth. That's how dangerous this weapon is that each one of us have. Only God can control it. And as I've said, you're not going to get this right every time, but boy, that, that verse out of the same mouth come praise and cursing. Can you relate to that? I know I can. The danger of the words that we can say, but we need to be making progress because damaging as our words can be, they can also be life-giving like nothing else. Like nothing else, the words that we say can maybe be exactly what somebody needs to hear and maybe the only thing that can help them in that moment. If words weren't so powerful, why would we have an entire book full of words from God? This is incredibly important because our words, you may be wondering what these packets of, of, of seeds are that, that are on, on the chairs. There should be enough for everybody to take one. But here it is, our words, our words can be bullets or seeds. The things that we say can either damage, poison, destroy, rip apart, kill someone with our toxic words, or we can plant something. We can plant something that has a potential to grow into something beautiful with purpose. We can speak life into somebody. I can say that I wouldn't be here right now had, had there not been some incredible godly people in my life, including my mom, who spoke life and spoke encouragement and used words as seeds to plant into my life. And, and this principle has never become more apparent to me than the last 15 years as a father. Because boy, I, I mean, you can spank your kids and all those kinds of things, but there's nothing more damaging that I can do to my kids than some of the words that I have heard come out of my mouth that I've been just embarrassed beyond belief that I even said it. And you can't, you can't reel it back in. You try. Parents, I know that you know what I'm saying here. You're like, I can't even believe that just flew out of my mouth. Our words can be bullets or seeds. We can damage. We can do so much damage with the words that we say, or, or we can be life-giving. We can be encouraging in a way that nothing else can. We must continually make the choice to renew our minds with the word of God and with the help of the Holy Spirit because you're not gonna be able to do it on your own. You can try and try and try all you want. You're not gonna get it right all the time. You're gonna mess it up. You're not gonna say the right thing. You're gonna snap and, or you're gonna react to something that you shouldn't have reacted and you're gonna say something. And good grief, I probably do it daily. 
But you know what? If we're trying to just control our tongue by ourselves, you're never going to make any progress. You need the Holy Spirit. You need the Lord to help you, and you need to be relying on him, and you need to be quick to listen and slow to speak and slow to get angry. And if it takes you planting these in your yard somewhere, maybe right by the door when you walk out so that as they grow, you see the reminder of what your words can be to those that you are gonna come in contact with and come around you and especially to those that are closest because we have the worst filter on our mouth with those that are closest to us and we love the most. That's where we actually put our filter down and that's where it should be up the most. And that's the one that, at least for me, I know I stink at the most. You've heard the, the phrase, I know we, we've all heard some version of this, sticks and stones will break my bones, but words will never hurt me. I 100% disagree with that. And so does the Bible, by the way. That's, that couldn't be further from the truth. We teach our kids that, and for some reason, it's not true. It's not true. We must make a habit of thinking before we speak. And if that means you turn your brain back on and you take a step back for a second and you think, am I being quick to listen and slow to speak so that I don't get angry and the wrong kind of anger and react to this improperly? Sometimes it just takes a minute of asking yourself a question to help turn your brain back on. Keep these with you. I would encourage you, def definitely plant these. I was told by someone who knows gardening and such way better than me that uh, right now is about the time that you need to plant them if you wait too much longer. Um, may, not, may not work. But I would encourage you maybe to keep the packaging. After you tear this open at the top, keep, keep this packaging. Maybe put it somewhere in your house where you know you're going to see it or, or maybe it needs to be in your car or, or whatever. I know for me it probably needs to be in the kitchen. That's where some, of the, um, some, some things kind of rise to the top a little bit more in that room for whatever, whatever reason. Quick to listen, slow to speak, slow to become angry. Memorize this. I don't too, I, I, I fully believe in scripture memorization, don't get me wrong, but it's, it's not something I throw out all that often from the pulpit, but I will say this. Memorize this part of the verse, quick to listen, slow to speak, slow to become angry. And boy, incorporate that maybe even into your prayer life, something you need to say to yourself multiple times a day. I promise you, you will see a difference in your life and your relationships with others. And more importantly, your relationship with the Lord. Why? Why can I say that? Let's go back to the end of chapter one here for just a second. Verse 25 and 26 says, but if you look carefully into the perfect law that sets you free and if you do what it says and don't forget what you heard, then God will bless you for doing it. If you claim to be religious, but don't control your tongue, you're fooling yourself and your religion is worthless. Now, when he's talking about religion here, that word religion here is really talking in regards to your walk with God, not the empty religious traditions that maybe you, you think about there. It's really talking in, in regards to your walk with the Lord and your mouth is directly related to your progress in your walk in your relationship with God. Jesus, brother of James, he said it best when he simply said this, for out of the abundance of the heart, his mouth speaks. Out of the overflow of your heart is going to spill out of your mouth. One, one way or another, it's gonna happen. Another translation says it this way, what you say flows from what is in your heart. And so if, if, there's, if there's evil and contempt and bitterness and, um, and you know, just, just a big old critic 
in your heart, that is going to puke out of your mouth. And if there's more Jesus, if there's more of his word, if there's more of the renewing of your mind and the renewing of your heart, that is also going to spill out of your mouth. Bullets are seeds, y'all. There it is. You can't say it better than Jesus, for out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. It will overflow out of, and it may not be at a time that you want it to be. Sometimes we can get really good at controlling our mouth, and we know that, oh, well, I'm at church, so now I'm going to reel it in a little bit and all of that. You know what? That's only going to last for so long because one of these times, something's going to happen where you're not being quick to listen and slow to speak, and you're going to be angry, and out of the abundance of your heart, your mouth will speak. And if you're relying on yourself, that's not going to work out great. We need to be relying on the Holy Spirit and we need to be making progress, not perfection. And if you are making progress in your walk with the Lord, you are going to see progress come out of the words of your mouth. And so that's why the connection point for the day is this. Are my words toxic or life-giving? And this is a question that I think we should be asking ourselves daily, maybe a couple of times a day. Challenge yourself this week. Take a step back and analyze the words that are coming out of your mouth or even coming out of your thumbs as we're posting, okay? I would even take that, that verse from Jesus, out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth posts, right? Maybe that doesn't work right. You know what I'm saying. Too many times we have a whole lot of guts to say whatever we want right here that we would never say to somebody's face. We can be very toxic in that way too. And believe me, I'm just as guilty as anybody else. Think about the difference you can make in someone's life though. Let me encourage you in that way. Don't, don't let this come off so much as a, boy, I'm, I'm screwing this up all the time because quite frankly, we all are. Maybe encourage yourself to say, what a difference I could make in someone's life. The difference I could make in my workplace. The difference I can make in my home. For those of you that are maybe a boss or, or a leader, wherever you are, the difference you can make in, in the people that, that you get the chance to influence all the time, which is really what leadership is, is influence. You can influence people in such a positive way or a negative, just with your words can make such an impact in a way that you, you can't even imagine. Think about the difference you can make in someone's life with just your words, let alone your actions. Will you bow your heads with me? I would hope that, that at this moment, at this time, that you've been challenged, but I hope that you've also been encouraged. Because listen, there is nobody in this room that is not in the exact same boat when it comes to struggling to control our mouth. We're all in the same storm there. We may not be in the same boat, but we're all in the same storm. And that's a tough storm to navigate on our own. And so we need the Holy Spirit. We need to rely on the Holy Spirit. We need to renew our mind daily with the Lord and remember the weight in which our words have. It's the most powerful weapon we have. It's the most dangerous weapon we have as well. Are your words toxic or are they life-giving? Are they bullets or are they seeds? I'm so thankful that the words of Jesus are always life-giving, are always 
encouraging, are always giving us life. And if you don't know for sure that you're going to spend eternity in heaven with Jesus, I would love to talk to you today. I would love to to have a conversation with you about that because at the end of the day, for us as the church, that's what it's all about. The last thing I would I would want to have happen is for someone to not come to know Jesus because I was firing bullets with my words as opposed to being life-giving. Is someone seeing a difference in my life and pushing people toward Jesus? If you don't know Jesus, I would love to have a conversation with you about that. I'd love to pray with you because he came so that we can have eternal life and that eternal life can start right now because you're never gonna get it right without him. Heavenly Father, I thank you so much for this time that we've had, for this, um, this word from you, Lord, that, that challenges us in a world that is so toxic with the words that are said and with the words that are, are, are posted and, and printed and, and all of that. Lord, help us as your church, as your followers to, to make a difference and to be the difference in this world so that other people will want to connect to you. Father, your words are so powerful and you say that we are speaking on your behalf. We're called to be your witnesses and so what we say matters. Help us, Lord, to rely on you. Help us to ask ourselves, are we being quick to listen? Are we being slow to speak? Are we being slow to become angry? Help us to be others-centered, Father. And I pray that if there's someone here or someone watching that doesn't know you as Savior, Lord, I pray that today might be the day that they make that decision to come to you. There may be people in their life that are doing nothing but speaking toxic garbage into their life and to realize that you are the one speaking life into us. Lord, I pray that your spirit would move in a powerful way there. Thank you for the truth of your word. Thank you that we could come together to worship you. I pray that as we go out today that you would, um, that your Holy Spirit would just remain with us and challenge us and change us. Help us to grow more toward you. Help us to have words that are life-giving and not toxic. We love you in Jesus' name. Amen. Mm -hmm.